0: Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update.
1: Some rough news out of Giants camp in the NFL. New York announced that Corey Coleman, wide receiver, has torn his ACL. He'll obviously be out for the season. This comes on top of news from Thursday that Sterling Shepard has a broken thumb. At Houston Texans training camp, they've activated DeAndre Hopkins from the active PUP list. Just a four-day stint for Hopkins, who was apparently nursing a minor ankle issue, had surgery over the winter. And the Miami Dolphins have signed free agent wide receiver Alan Hearns on a one-year deal in major league baseball some trade rumors the Padres and White Sox have apparently been scouting Nomar Mazara of the Rangers the Brewers are showing interest in Robbie Ray and the Twins and Mets have talked a Noah Syndergaard trade though nothing is imminent the New York Yankees have activated outfielder Cameron Maben from the 10-day injured list I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your fantasy sports radio network news update stay
0: tuned to the fantasy sports radio network for more updates at the top of every hour You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play full-time fantasy. Play full-time fantasy. It is full-time
2: fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here today until 4 p.m. Eastern as always, but... I have a different co-host today. Dr. Otto, he's out visiting the proctologist, filling in for him. It is Jim Day. You know him as FantasyTaz, FFChamps.com. What's up, Taz?
3: Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm definitely looking forward to the next two hours talking football with you.
2: Definitely. And I'm really
3: sorry, Doc. (laughs) Uh, You know, I hope he doesn't have big fingers.
2: Yeah, that could be a problem, man. So hopefully he does return. If not, I guess you'll have to be on standby for Monday, too. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, he could come back with a big smile on his face. We just don't know.
2: That is true. We don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out on Monday. But lots to talk to t- uh, about today as we get you set to dominate here in the fantasy football season. Check us out fulltimefantasy.com. Our draft kit underway. A lot of articles out, Sean Childs looking at fantasy football world championship target points for the different positions. I'll have an article on five value running backs coming on today. Dr. Otto doing is on the clock. Of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums. Use the promo code RONAS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. And Jim, what's going on at ffchamps.com?
3: Well, we're doing the same thing, but uh, we're getting our you know, draft kit going live and uh, putting new, new stuff into it every day and trying to improve it as we go. You know, Bill Enright is doing a great job making sure all the tools are up and running and doing everything that people need to get that championship. So we're right there with you. We're trying to do the same thing over at FF Champs.
2: Now, I'm sure you're doing a ton of drafts. I know you're doing a lot of best ball. Like, when is the ideal time for you to do a draft of significance? And I know you've been doing it for months, and I'm doing best balls. I already did a couple drafts. We did the fish ball. Obviously, we got drafts going on every day at playffwc.com, and we've talked about the significance of doing early drafts to get value. But ideally, say you were only in one or two leagues or three, and you were a normal person and not someone who does 100. <laughs> What's the ideal time to draft?
3: Well, at that point, then, you know, I'm definitely looking at at least into like week three of preseason and beyond. At that point, because you really want to get the latest news if you're only going to do, you know, a couple of leagues, you want to make sure you have the latest news as late as you can before you head into that draft. You know, it it works. You can definitely gain value if you draft early, but that's if you draft a lot of drafts. If you're not going to do a lot of drafts, then you want to wait as long as you can and get as much possible news in that you can use for your draft.
2: Yeah, I agree. I've always told people if you're going to do multiple drafts and you're that hardcore player, you do want to do some early because you can get some really good values. I don't know if you remember last year, like around this time and especially more early July, uh, Christian McCaffrey was going in the late second round. And then all of a sudden, as we got close to the season, I saw him going in the high state leagues as early as eight and you know late first round. So that's just one example. That's not really where you see the movement. It's usually more in the middle to late rounds.
3: Well, hey, look. Uh, up until a, a week ago, I was getting Tyree Hill in in the seventh and eighth round in some drafts.
2: Well, yeah. So you I know, mean...
3: <laughs> so you get lucky. You know, you gotta you gotta take your shots where you can. I never really thought he'd get much of a suspension while everybody else did. So I took advantage. You gotta learn to dig through what you need to dig through to figure out what player works for you, and then take advantage of it.
2: Yeah, Tyree Kill is another one. I think, especially, I saw him going the double-digit rounds, like in May Oof. in ball drafts. <laughs> and then, obviously, he, you know, you were talking seventh round. Then, in more recent, even before the news, I think some news leaked out that it wouldn't be a significant suspension, and I started to see him consistently going round four. Obviously, now that has changed with this news that he's not getting any suspension uh, in the FFWC. He has really moved up. Uh, he is, his ADP is 29 now, but over the last few drafts, he's gone nine, 18, 13, and 16. So if you're drafting today, where do you take Tyreek Hill?
3: I like him at the start anywhere from the start of the second round on, uh, I'm not sold on taking him in the first round because, you know, there's a lot of running backs I like there. And then of course I'm still going to take, uh, you know, the, the big ones ahead of him. Hopkins, of course, uh, you know, Adams, uh, even Julio. But I do have him. We currently on FF Champs, we have him as, as our number four wide receiver. So that's usually early in the second round for me.
2: About wow, four. Okay, so who are the three out of them? Hopkins, Adams, and Julio? Yeah, the three I just named, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, so you would you personally take him over Michael Thomas?
3: Um, I Yeah, I do have him a little over Michael Thomas, especially with him holding out a little bit now. I think he comes in. The Saints are going to sign him. He's only making over a little over a million dollars a year this year, and he's a free agent next year. So there's no way that's going to happen. They're going to end up giving him the money he deserves at this point after what he did last year. So I'm not really all that worried about him. But, yeah, we have him at number five, right? Yeah, And, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, a couple of minute points a game. At most, probably not even that many that's separating these guys. So it's not a ton of difference.
2: Yeah, I think people need to understand that, too, when they look at rankings. And, you know, there's some people that take a person's ranking as gospel, saying, well, this guy has him five. Uh, I like this guy at six, but he has him five. You do have to, I mean, I'd look at it like that. There might be some drafts where I take someone at six over five just because maybe I already have a lot of exposure to the player at five. And I think people need to understand that. Just because you have a guy ranked even two spots ahead of another player, the point differential sometimes is not that much, correct?
3: Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's not, not much at all, especially when you're talking about these top-tier players. It, very few points differentiates one from another, and, you know, it, it easily go either way.
2: Who do you prefer, Tyreek Hill or Odell Beckham?
3: Oh, I prefer Tyreek Hill, you know, just because of the, the amount of time that Beckham has missed in the last two years. Um, just worries me a little bit more than it does with Hill. I, I think Beckham is a better receiver, but the fact that he's missed, what, 16, 17 games in the last few years definitely has me a little concerned.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one thing, too. I mean, I could see Beckham you know, having a tremendous year if he stays healthy the whole year. I, I guess last year, to me, it was more of a shutdown because the team was bad, right? Don't you think so, at least a little bit? Oh,
3: I think so. A big, big bit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think he was that was his way of pouting and, you know, not wanting to play because he didn't like the team. So uh, one of the reasons why I'm not so mad that they traded him.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, the it was 2017, obviously, where he missed a lot of games. But yeah, he played in 12 games last year. So I don't know. If I can really go with the injury last year, because I think it was a shutdown. If that team was in contention, I think he would have played. But, you know, he has, you know, it was really 2017, the only season.
3: No, and I get that. But the problem I have, though, is that, you know, how quickly he was to throw Eli under the bus last year. And then, of course, you know, the so-called injury at the end of the season. If he doesn't get what Baker Mayfield is throwing, we may see that again.
2: That is true. Well, when we return, we're going to talk about the Giants wide receivers. One is out for the year. One has an injury already. What does it mean for fantasy? Who are we talking about? We'll let you know next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
4: Back here at his full-time
2: fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is joined by Taz today. Jim Day from ffchamps.com. He'll be with me for the full two hours as we talk fantasy football. We've been playing in leagues together for a long time, and I've known Mr. Fantasy Taz for a while, so it's going to be a fun show. Uh, obviously, too, he's a Giants fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, so a little bit of a rivalry there, although probably not this year. Uh, speaking <laughs> of the Giants. That's uh, right.
3: You guys are going down.
2: Oh yeah, you think so? Come on, absolutely. You, you, you as gotta soon as think. We
3: sign our new top receiver. You guys are going down.
2: That is true. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But Come first, let's. Let's start with uh, Sterling Shepard. <laughs> so he's got this uh, broken thumb here. Uh, he's considered week to week. There's a chance that he's ready for the beginning of the year. Are you going to drop him down your rankings now uh, based on this news, or do you think it's not a big deal? He'll be good to go. He's been going at an ADP of 82 in the fantasy football world championship.
3: I, you know, I might drop him a little. It's definitely concerning, especially since it's a thumb, Uh, you know, that that's the problem for me is it's the thumb. You catch the ball. The thumb is very much involved. If that thumb becomes an issue, then, you know, we could be seeing a lot of drop balls from him. So he's definitely going to drop down a little bit. I'm, Hearing right now that the team has uh, Golden Tate in the trainer's room because they're actually putting bubble wrap all around him.
2: Yeah, they might have to do that right now because uh, <laughs> one of their other wide receivers, Corey Coleman, tore his ACL yesterday and he's out for the season. Were you even were you taking him in deep best ball drafts, like twenty four plus rounds, or or no?
3: I yeah, I was taking a chance on Corey Coleman. I, I think he he seems to you know from the word is that he seems to be starting to to really find his way. So, yeah, I was taking a shot on him here and there. Not not a lot of shots, just because you're looking at an offense that's obviously going to be a run-heavy offense in the first place. We're not sure how many points they're going to put on the board in the second place. So, you know, how deep do you really want to go? Do I take a shot on him once in a while? Sure. Uh, luckily, I didn't take too many because now, of course, he's done for the season.
2: <laughs> well, it's interesting when you look at the Giants now – I think a lot of people expect this to be a bad team, but they do have some appealing fantasy pieces based on ADP. Obviously, Saquon Barkley going in the top three, but we got Evan Ingram at 73, Sterling Shepard at 82, and Golden Tate at 88. So which of those are most appealing as far as the receivers from uh, Ingram, Shepard, and Tate?
3: Well, at this point, I'm going to say Tate. Um, I like Ingram as well. I think I think they're both in line to have good seasons. But you know, the Giants are going to have to bring somebody else in at at. It either point because behind Corey Coleman they really don't have much there I know there's a lot of people out there loving on the rookie Darius Slayton but you know he's still got a little ways to go he's still a little raw so I expect them to bring somebody in and of course already today we're hearing that they're bringing in Kelvin Benjamin for a tryout are you kidding me Um, go away go away now Um, you know I'd much rather reach out to Dez Bryant than Kelvin Benjamin
2: I can't Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin, just a disaster. I mean, he's clearly got nothing left. He did nothing with Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, obviously, Gettleman high there. But, but yeah, you, you can't be happy if you're a Giants fan and you hear this news. It, it's amazing what has happened with the Giants. Weren't they one of the most, like, well-run organizations, beat New England twice, and it's just really falling apart? Well, they were
3: doing really well for a long time. Until all of a sudden, they decided they were going to start emulating the Mets.
2: Oh, don't remind me, man. That, that you talk about—you <laughs> talk about one of the most poorly run organizations. It's the Mets. They have done so many things wrong this year. You know, I don't know if you, how follow how closely you follow them now, but during the 1969 ceremony, they put two people on the scoreboard yes. that were actually dead, <laughs> and they're alive. Like, yeah. even the, only the Mets can do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, really. That—that that, to me, that's like you'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden, oh. Recently departed. Wait, wait. I'm sitting right here, dudes. What, yeah, what you the guys, hell? You guys <laughs>
2: offered to fly me out. I just couldn't make it. What are you talking about?
3: They
2: got a 97-year-old pitching coach. I mean, they, they, you know what's going to happen. There's a lot of trade rumors with the deadline around the corner, and they're talking about trading Noah Syndergaard. I guarantee you that he's going to go to a team and be great. You know, he's Oh, yeah,
3: and we're going to get some aging veteran that is going to suck right out of the box.
2: Yeah, and then there was a report that, and I don't know if this was true, but I saw a report that the Mets were a little bit concerned about dealing Syndergaard to a team like the Yankees or Astros because of the analytics. So they're basically saying these teams are smarter than us, uh, and they're going to make us look like a fool. I, it just it never gets better for the Mets; it's always worse. Yeah, it's time for new ownership. <laughs> I, well, I I wish. I don't see it happening, though. You know, this I don't week, either.
3: But it, at the time, it is. <laughs> I
2: don't know if you saw this. They had. Tickets, 4% off this week. 8, and they still couldn't off. fill the stadium. Well, I went to the game on, what was it, Wednesday night, and I bought bought these tickets back in uh, February or March when they went on sale because they were a bargain. Like, basically, I got two tickets for $11. I couldn't turn that down, you know? And I thought maybe they might be competitive. But, yeah, it's just... I don't even, like. I thought about it. I'm like, no, nah, I can't go back this weekend. It's just I'm not putting money in their pockets of ownership. Yeah, exactly. if they're That's not going to reinvest in the team. Do you feel about yep. that way about the Giants right now? Like, I do actually. In in both cases, I'm a diehard Mets fan too.
3: I've been all my life. Heck, they clinched the playoffs in uh, 1969 on my birthday, and forget about it. I mean, I was all over it. I, it's just the last ten years they've been hard to follow. It's just they just keep making one bad move after another, so yeah, I've just been kind of out of it lately. I do have a a nice stat that just popped up on Twitter. I got to tell you about because we were just talking about the guy, Calvin Benjamin is one of only four wide receivers in NFL history to have a thousand yards in his rookie season and never do it again. Thank you, Joe Dolan, on Twitter.
2: Well, that's a good one. Was one of them from Tampa Bay?
3: Uh, he did not state any of the oh, others, the other. and I would have to look at that. But, yeah, that, that, I just thought that was kind of funny since we were just talking
2: about him. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing like, like how bad he has become. Oh. Uh, it's just <laughs> – and, the, you know, he's one of those guys in recent drafts where I was like, I don't care how far he falls. Like, in the last couple of years, I'm like, I don't want him.
3: Oh yeah, I would. I don't even look at him. He, he's one of those guys. If I do a draft on a different site, I'll go in and take his name right out of the list to make sure I don't even, you know, attempt to do it by mistake.
2: <laughs> you know, and I, I've I've brought this point up uh, for baseball too. You know, there comes a certain point. Uh, actually, I looked it up and I was right. You know, who the guy I was thinking of from Tampa Bay that had a thousand yards as a rookie and never did again? Who? Michael Clayton. Remember him? Wow. Yeah. That was Michael the exa- Clayton. There you that go. Was, that was the guy I was thinking about. Now I have no idea who the other two are. <laughs> I just, I was like Tampa Bay. I remember. I'm like, wait, Michael Clayton. And I just looked it up. He had 1193 yards as a rookie. He didn't even top 500 yards in his next five seasons. And the, the and they next played for the year he was briefly. crazy
3: in ADP too. Cause everybody was jumping all over him thinking he was going to be the next big thing. And he was going early in drafts that next year.
2: Wow, man, you talk about a fall. He went from catching sixty-five point six percent of his catches to fifty point two to fifty point eight. Wow, he just really fell off. Yeah, there's
3: nothing you can say there. You're right. And he looked good that first year too. I mean, I just sometimes you have no clue what goes on with these guys off the field or even during practice.
2: You know, I'm glad you said that because that's what makes it difficult for fantasy, because a lot of times we're analyzing stats, we're watching games, we're seeing the talent, and you just don't know. What happens with these guys off the field? What's going on? Are they drinking? Are they using drugs? And a lot of times, unfortunately, we find out after the fact, and we go, okay, well, that's why it didn't work out. I usually
3: like getting the guys that are doing the drugs. Usually well, it like worked that. for the
2: 86 Mets, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out so much for Lenny Dykstra afterwards, but yeah, after then. <laughs> yeah, but we
2: only care about the time. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> that worked out well, right? So Yeah, Absolutely. But- but, yeah, you just never know. Like, I've, I've seen it a lot where guys are going through a bad divorce and then you find that afterwards. It's like, people forget. Like, these guys are human beings dealing with everyday problems that we deal with. Just because they make a ton of money and they're in a the spotlight doesn't mean that they don't have the same human issues that, that we do.
3: No, everybody has issues. That's just life. Nobody has it easy.
2: No, that's true. So, uh, yeah, you never know with some of these players uh, what happens. And sometimes – you know, they get a ton of money. They don't. They they spend it. They don't take care of their body. I mean, that was one of the things that intrigued me about Monty Parker a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, okay. He's eating breakfast now. He's high. He wasn't doing these little things that you think an athlete would know to do. So I'm like, okay, he's doing all this now. He's learning. He's gonna be good. And I've been. I got burned again
0: two years ago.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't ever get burned again. He's definitely one that. You know, everybody always says, you know, everybody has a place to be drafted. Just depends on how far they fall. He's not one of them.
2: Yeah, that is true. All right, when we come back, we have some news on a 49ers running back who's going to start on pop. We'll let you know who it is next. It is
0: Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
4: If Pyro's and Crips all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seem like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear... Back here it is full-time fantasy out of Ronas, along with Fantasy Taz.
2: We are here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. You are ready to draft? Head on over to playffwc.com. We got three drafts tonight. A starter full-season draft at 8 p.m. Eastern, a starter super flex draft at 9 30 p.m. Eastern and an online championship at 11 p.m. Eastern. So head on over to playffwc.com, find your price point, the draft you want, and hop in today. Season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing, and Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package with the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis, Matic, and the Roto Experts provide dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year, To give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play, save 10% at rotoexperts.com with a promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And training camps underway for almost every team. I think every team reports by today. So, of course, we're going to be getting news constantly during the show. And 49ers running back Jerick McKinnon will start on the pup list. He had a flare-up on his repaired knee about a week ago. They do expect him back soon during training camp. Now, this backfield, Jim, usually is Tevin Coleman is the guy that goes first. He's has an ADP of 66 mckinnon who they signed last year and brought in obviously he got hurt his adp is 107 and then of course matt Breda, who was banged up and found a way to play it was weird because weeks that we were like oh yeah he's banged up he's not gonna play he'd go out there and produce other weeks where he was fine he didn't his adp yeah. is 151 when i look at a backfield like this i'll often say all right i'll take the cheapest guy because we know running backs in the kyle shanahan system produce i think the touches could get spread. We did hear a report a few weeks ago that, you know, one of these guys could be inactive on, on game day, but uh, there's not good news here for McKinnon. So how are you looking at the 49ers' backfield this year, and especially with this McKinnon news?
3: Well, it really depends on how the start of your draft goes uh, for me. Look, if you're going to go wide receiver heavy to start a draft, then I don't come mind coming back and taking a shot at Tevin Coleman Uh, you know where he's going because at that point you're going to have to take a risk on somebody and I like him in that office with Kyle Shanahan I don't love him let's face it he had the chance to be the the bell cow back last year and just really didn't do enough with it but with Kyle Shanahan in that offense with a lot of check down passes I like him and I like him a little bit more now with the Jarek McKinnon news because you know it's not good that this early into training camp he's already having a flare up on that surgically repaired knee not a good thing at all so um, that scares me a little bit with him Matt Breida like as he said he, he was he gutted it out last year he had a lot of injuries played through most of them did fairly well in that offense and you're right and most of the time I will take that late round guy that you take a flyer on because it could be a committee so yeah I have plenty of plenty of uh, picks of Breida in my leagues but I do also have some Tevin Coleman's splattered in here and there. Don't really have much McKinnon. I, I was a little leery about him anyway. Now this just kind of pushes him down a little further.
2: Yeah, as I said, Colt ADP is 66. He's not someone that I have taken yet. I understand. You know, I just wasn't impressed with him last year. Like, I was actually, it, look, it worked out. Like, I was talking draft season. And I said, I can't believe people are taking Tevin Coleman in the fifth, sixth round. And maybe they were doing that because they were very worried about Freeman. And it actually worked out with Freeman getting hurt so early in the year. But I didn't think Coleman was impressive at all last year as the lead back. And I know Atlanta had offensive line issues, and they kind of abandoned the run, and it's going to be different, and Coleman's familiar with the Shanahan system, and they did bring him in. I just wasn't impressed by Coleman last year when he got the opportunity.
3: And I wasn't either. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely wasn't. I agree with that. But the the nails of it come back to this. Even with that, he was still the number 18th running back You know, in an – PPR league, so he was still a, a running back too in that, on that team in that offense in a Kyle Shanahan offense, he could easily beat those numbers, uh, and you know put up better stats. So I mean, where he's going now, he's not a terrible value, but you do have to worry about you know whether or not he's going to be the guy that gets that 15 touches a game, or if he's going to be the guy that you know one week he does, the next week it's one of the other guys. So there's definitely concern there. But, again, he finished 18th in a not good year. He's in a better offense, at least for him, with a coach that knows him and brought him over specifically to do this job. So, you know, I, I don't mind taking a chance on him if I go wide receiver heavy early. Uh, it, it's I think it's worth a flyer at that point.
2: Yeah, I think for the price, too, I agree with that. And I do think what you have on your roster at that point is very important, which is why I've always said this. I hate the top 200, top 300 list. They don't push me to do it. I hope they don't. I know they want a consensus ranking from all of us. I just hate yeah, overall listening every sport. <laughs> do, I mean, do you think – like, here's the problem I have with it, okay? Not us, but the people who we are supplying the content for. If they have a level of trust in you and they take your word for it, and it happens a lot, and you put out this list, they're going to go just through the list and cross out names, and they're going to go, okay – All right, I'm in round six. All right, Coleman is the highest guy remaining here. You might have three running backs already. You don't need a fourth. So I just hate those overall lists. What's your thoughts on them?
3: Yeah, I've never been a huge fan, uh, you know. But hopefully, the same people that are looking at those lists have been listening to you tell them. You know, it's not always just about the list. You have to follow what every other team is doing in your draft, how the the draft is moving along. Because, look, we say it every time we talk: is that every draft is different? It's fluid, the you know, dynamic change every time. So you have to be ready to move on the run. You can't just go in with a any kind of set. Players in mind. I I just don't like that idea because if you go into a draft saying, Oh, I think I, I need to get two running backs in the first two rounds, then you could easily blow by some great value there if you're going in with that mindset. So you always have to be ready to move on the fly in a draft because every single draft is different.
2: It's so true. And I think, especially this year, I mean, yeah, we know the top four running backs are pretty much the same, but I feel like once you get to that mid late first round, it's different in every draft. I mean, you could just look at the ADP. So, so Julio Jones, his range is eight to 15. That means he's going middle of first round or early second round. So you have to be prepared. Michael Thomas, his earliest seven, his latest 17. Joe Mixon, we've seen him go in the first round, go in the mid uh, se- second round. So exactly. He, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, that's a, problem. <laughs> that's a problem if you're thinking about him in sex. 10-18 uh, is his range. Beckham, I mean, look at this range. 8 is the early, 19 is the late. So, depending on what draft you're in, it could fluctuate very differently. <laughs> well, look at
3: it this way. If you look at you know the first round now, opposed to the first round, let's say, two months ago. You know, right now, half of that first round from two months ago is an issue. (laughs) You know, you got Gurley out of the first round. You got Gordon coming out of the first round now. Um, You have concerns about Zeke. You have concerns about Gordon. You know, there's half that first round from two months ago right now is a concern. And that's why you always have to be fluid. You can't go off a list, you know, that's been printed or put up on a website, you know, two weeks ago because it changes so quickly.
2: Speaking of Melvin Gordon, I mean, obviously, he's a big topic right now, holding out a training camp. And, you know, I think most people still have their drafts a few weeks away. I actually have the flex draft in New York one week from today. It's a super flex league. I actually have pick seven. I am not. I don't think I'm taking Melvin Gordon at seven. I don't even know if I'll take him in the second round. I think we're, we're all guessing here. I don't think anyone has the answer because a lot of people never thought Le'Veon Bell would hold out the entire la- season last year, and he did. Now, I understand this situation is different. That's a 50 year a contract of a rookie deal. Gordon was an early pick. But right now, you're drafting today. Where's the right spot to take Melvin Gordon for you? As
3: late as I possibly can. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I wasn't one of the guys that was drafting him in the first round anyway. It wasn't like he didn't have a great year, and I don't expect him not to have a good year again. This offense is built for what he does. But I always seem to find that there's somebody I trust more – at the spot where he would go. Now, if he's falling into the early third round, which I've seen in a couple of drafts recently, heck, I'll take a shot on that any day. Um, same thing with Gurley. I've been saying all along, everybody's worrying about him. I'll take him in the second round and love it. Uh, I'm not worried about him. I, you know, Gordon, I'm a little bit more worried about, but not that much. Because let's face it, he he, he can hold out all he wants. He, he's got to come back in week 10, the latest to accrue this season. Um, otherwise he just right back on the contract next year which is what a difference in what bell had because bell wasn't under contract he didn't have to come in by week 10 he already had enough time accrued that he could sit out the whole season and i will raise my hand as being one of the only ones that kind of told everybody on the fantasy football friend that bell was going to hold out to week 10 so i'll I'll tip my hat to that i was all over james Conner last year Uh, hopefully i can get that lucky this year but you know, Gordon isn't going to get the big money he wants. And I've been saying this a lot lately. We're seeing more peop- more teams taking those rookies, running them for four years or five years if they're a first-round pick, and then they're going to let them walk because they don't want to give him that second big contract that is going to take them up close to that 30-year range, especially if they're a guy that gets a lot of wear on their tires. They're just going to move on to the next young running back and run him into the ground. So... You know, I could see Gordon holding out possibly a little bit into the season, but I don't think he holds out to week 10.
2: Yeah, and it, you know, it makes sense for teams to do that. It really sucks for the players, but I understand it from an owner's perspective. You get the most out of them, they already have the wear and tear. Let them go. Dallas did it with DeMarco Murray. Obviously, it worked out well. The thing is, too, keep this in mind. What do you think Melvin Gordon's camp going to say? They're negotiating. Do you really think, yeah, we'll be back soon? Of course they're going to say they're going to hold out for a long time. So you have to be very careful of what's said in the media because this is negotiating and tactics. But I don't think we really have an answer. It's all everyone kind of just guessing on Melvin Gordon. Uh, We're going to talk about where his ADP is and what it means for the rest of the Chargers backfield. When we return, it's full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Joined by Fantasy Taz. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Talking a lot of football today as we get you set to dominate your draft. Don't forget, head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Our draft kit is live. Tons of content. Uh, preseason pro picks are going to start to roll out. Uh, I found out some of Sean Child's picks yesterday. Uh, I know Dr. Roto's will be published on Monday. So head on over there use the promo code RONUS50 get your first two months for the price of one and check out ffchamps.com as well. We're talking about the Chargers backfield and the Melvin Gordon situation and we have seen Melvin Gordon start to slide. His ADP right now is 18 in the fantasy football World Champions, but the last three drafts he's got 19, 28 and 21. So it sounds like Jim you would take him at 28. Would you, <laughs> do, you do it 19 or does it, it kind of depends on what's on the board at that point?
3: Yeah, it really does. It, you know, there's a couple other running backs I might take there. But, yeah, if he's at 19, I might consider it. Uh, look, it really depends on if he's going to be in nudge and hold out. But like you said earlier, at this point, we're all guessing. We don't know what he's going to do. And it, ah, it it is a tough situation for all these guys. But, look, we know that, you know, everybody puts them down because they're holding out. But, meanwhile, you know, these these teams don't care. They drop contracts all the time. They let guys go that are under contract all the time. It's nothing new. So why shouldn't these players try to protect themselves?
2: Oh, I agree completely. I'm on the player side. I, I you know, And I hear people, oh, they're selfish, they're under contract. Like you said, these teams don't care. You think Melvin, Melvin Gordon goes out and has an injury. That's it. He's not going to get yep. paid. The guaranteed money is a joke in the NFL. I mean, think about it. You're a running back, and we could say, yeah, the position is not as valuable. We can look to Kansas City last year. Damian Williams comes in and is fine, and we see running backs drafted late all the time. But you got to look at it from a player's perspective. And if I'm an NFL running back, and I see the money that is going – on for MLB players and the NBA. I mean, there's players who come off the bench in the NBA that are making three, four times what Melvin Gordon is going to make this year. Gordon's scheduled to make, what, slightly over $5 million. He's had microfracture surgery. That's the one thing, too, that I think a lot of people don't really talk about. Gordon has missed games over the last few years, especially last year down the stretch. But I can't blame him at all because he knows he's got to get the payday now. If he goes to another full season and gets 280 touches... He loses some explosiveness. There's more wear and tear. I will never blame these players. A lot of people say they're selfish, and they compare them to the average person and what they're making. That's not it. These guys have a short shelf life, and they've got to get that guaranteed money while they're healthy.
3: Absolutely right. Otherwise, we're going to start to see, you know, these young running backs coming into the league that don't want to touch the ball over 200 times a year. You know, they're not going to want to be that bell cow because they know they'll never get that second contract. So it's going to be a really interesting over the next couple of years to see how this plays out. But, you know, again, I'm with the players as well. you got to try and get what you can get. When you can get it, because we know the teams are. I mean, if you look at Michael Thomas, who's holding out right now, he's a free agent at the end of this year if he doesn't sign a new contract. But he made, what, a little over 900000 last year. He's making a little over a million this year, which to us is great numbers. But to a, a wide receiver of his talent after the year he had, that's nothing. You know, it's absolutely nothing. Some of the other guys are making 16 dollars 18000000 million a year. So why shouldn't he go out and try and get paid? The team has got to pay him.
2: It's crazy that the NFL players make as little money as they do when you compare it to other sports and how much revenue they generate. But, of course, no one's going to say anything about the owners. It's always the players. They're selfish. They don't care about the team. I think that is so wrong, man. I just can't believe that people have that perspective.
3: Well, and the other thing you got to think of between the different sports is no other sport has to pay 53 guys.
2: It's true, but a lot of the – the guys on the roster don't make a ton of money. Well, you start adding up those couple hundred
3: thousand dollars each, you know, cast some, you know, salaries, and they add up pretty quick.
2: <laughs> um, uh, come on, how much money does the NFL generate, though, man? between oh, TV I, look, I'm not
3: I'm not saying that. I I agree with you. Obviously they make a ton of money. Look, the Dallas Cowboys they've sucked for years, yet they're still Wait rec- a second. Hold wait, wait, on. Wait, wait, tra- let me finish <laughs> they for sucked go ahead. for years, but they are still the top money earning uh sports franchise in, in ever, you know, right now they they are number one on across any platform in the US as you know generating money. So You know, it doesn't always matter how bad the team is is, as long as it's run well. And, you know, Dallas tends to make money. They make money no matter what, no matter how bad they are. I mean, I'm 57 years old, and I still have a struggle trying to remember the last time they were good.
2: Wait a second. I think you're just doing this to get (laughs) under my skin right now, okay? First of all, anyone who knows me, I'm a realist about my teams, okay? I'm a big, dire Mets fan. They suck. They're poorly run. You can't. Now, the Cowboys, if you're going to go by Super Bowls, yeah, they haven't been good. But they've been a good team over the last few years. They've were first they been first in the division three of the last five years, man. Oh, the, the division sucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, man. Philadelphia won the Super Bowl two years
3: ago. <laughs> yeah, with a guy that's now playing for Jacksonville because the starter was on the bench and hurt again. You know, I, I look, this division hasn't been... That good for quite a while now. So, it, you know, m- most of the time you're looking at nine and seven to be to lead the division. How does that stack up against rest the rest of the divisions in the league? Not very they won,
2: well. They won thirteen games in 2016,
3: twelve in 2014. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and how good did it get them? One one game in the playoffs
2: and at. Well, I know, and I think a big problem for me, at least in my mind, is uh, the coaching staff and Jason Garrett. I think that's a big problem. Oh, I
3: agree I, with you 100%. <laughs>
2: that's what concerns me most. Like, I like this team going into the air. I think they have a good team, uh, but I am worried about the coaching staff. Uh, you know, because that offense changed last year once Amari Cooper came. Like, he was what Dak Prescott needed. I mean, you look – I did an article and on the numbers and the difference when Dak had Cooper. I mean, it was just night and day the offense, the way they perform. So I think the pieces are there for Dallas. It's a matter of can the coaching staff put it together. And I don't have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff.
3: Well, look, I'll I'll even jump on that. What most people don't realize is that when Cooper came over, Dak was actually the number four fantasy quarterback for the rest of the season. Yes. You know, of course, depending on your scoring, it, there's probably some variance there on different scoring levels. But, uh, you know, a normal league four-point passing touchdown thing like that, he was number four once Cooper came over. So, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I bust your chops about the Bows because I know you like him. <laughs> and I know a like Giants suck. I get that. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I, I love the fact that, you know, people are still sleeping on Dak. Uh, you know he, he quietly adds very much value on you know in his rushing game that people don't take into account he's rushed for six touchdowns every year in the league um, so you know it, my problem is going to be with them is they need to get Zeke in the fold because I am not really not uh, all that enamored with anybody they have behind him
2: I haven't taken Tony Pollard late. So, I think he would be the guy. He'd probably, I don't know if he'd take off the full workload, but it is a good offensive line. Travis Frederick looks to be healthy. That was the other thing. People don't realize Dak Prescott got sacked more, I think, one less time last year than his first two years combined because that offensive line wasn't as dominant. But it's healthy now. I think it should be better. Are you are you worried about Zeke at all right now? I mean, obviously, he's going top four. So, if you had pick two, three, Are you taking Zeke, or would you say, you know what, all these four running backs are close. I'll take either Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, then Zeke at four. Uh, Is there any concern right now with this holdout?
3: Well, there is a little concern. Look, it's not like he's shown great decision-making qualities over the last few years. Um, And that scares me a little bit. So, yeah, there is definitely some concern. Uh, Again, I understand he wants to get paid, and I can't fault him for that. But as pure fantasy... Then there's absolutely some concern at this point because if he's got the wrong people, you know, chewing his ear off saying you need to hold out, you need to hold out and get that cheddar, you know, well, then we could be in trouble.
2: No, that is definitely true. So we'll see. I mean, I, I haven't moved him down my board yet. Uh, I'll, I'll take him in the top four for right now. Obviously, I think August 6th is one of the key dates that we're looking at as far as service time. So We'll see how long this extends. Jerry Jones usually pays his guys too. You know the problem is, Dak Prescott wants to get paid. Amari Cooper wants to get paid. You, you can't play all three top dollars.
3: Yeah, no, and that's that's going to be their issue. But you know they can actually, but they can make that work. And I'm they're going to have to. Otherwise, they're they're going to be in trouble. I mean, if you're not going to pick one of those three to to extend, which one do you not pick?
2: You're always going to pay the quarterback if you believe in them. If they think Dak is the answer, and I know he's been up and down, but as we saw last year down the stretch, with, I think you look at Dak. When he's had a top receiver, when he had Des Bryant, when Bryant was good, and when Cooper came here last year, here's the other thing, too, with Amari Cooper. Think about this, okay? He came to the team in the middle of the season, had to learn a new playbook, adjust to a new offense, work with a new quarterback, and, yeah, he had some down games. But he was pretty impressive considering that. We see wide receivers who are free agents have an entire offseason to learn a playbook, and they tend to struggle in that first year. So now Cooper gets an entire offseason to work with Dak, to learn the offense, and also I think he's happy to be there. You could just hear the comments. He clearly was not happy in Oakland, and you could say whatever you want. There is that human element to it. You want to be at a place where you're happy. We've all been there. We've all been in jobs where we don't look forward to going to work we're miserable it affects your work I don't care what you say it has an effect on your work it could be minor it could be major but to me Cooper likes being in Dallas you could just see it like he talked about what a difference it is it had to weigh on him in Oakland Derek Carr on the football I mean I'm not a big car fan at all all didn't like to take chances so I think there's a lot of positives here for, for um, this this Cowboys offense and Cooper specifically
3: No, I agree with you. Absolutely. Across the board. Um, You know, he finally found a quarterback that will let him go up and fight for that ball. Take those chances. And, you know, again, Carr just did not do that. And we've seen that you know, that's the best part of Cooper's game is going up and getting the ball, high pointing it, you know, taking it away from a defender. He's excellent at that. And he finally found a quarterback that has no problem throwing it up there and letting him go get it, something Carr just wouldn't do. So it turned out to be a great, you know, change for him. And I agree with you. The full offseason to work with the quarterback and work with this offense, I think he could be in for a monster year.
2: Uh, Have you been getting Cooper in your drafts? I took him to the FSGA. I had picked two in a 14-team league, and I took him at 3-2.
3: Yeah, I have quite a few shares of Cooper this year. Uh, You know, they were scattered a little bit all over the board wherever they presented the best value. But, yeah, I I absolutely have uh, a lot of Cooper this year. I think this offense is going to be good, as much grief as I give you about them.
2: (laughs) Damn, Amari Cooper's ADP right now in the uh, FFMWC is 24. So he's going ahead of wide receivers like Adam Thielen, A.J. Green. we got to scratch Tyreek Hill because that includes some of the early where before right. the suspension. Uh, but you, would you take Cooper over Thielen and A.J. Green?
3: Uh, I Absolutely, I would take him over Thielen just because I, I am a little worried about the last two seasons, the drop-off he's had at his second half of the season. Uh, I know last year a lot of that was due to the injury uh, him, he put through it but he just wasn't the same plus the, the offensive mindset of that team definitely wants to go more to ground so that concerns me a little bit AJ Green coming off that big injury is a little bit of a concern although I think he bounces back fine this year but I just like the upside of what this Dallas offense is doing so yeah I like Cooper
2: yeah, A.J. Green is someone I go back and forth on because he was on a ridiculous pace last year before he got hurt, but he is on the other side of 30. I mean, he is kind of a value in round three. I haven't gotten him anywhere yet. I could see having him on a team or two, but he's one of those players where I kind of have the same thoughts like you just alluded to. It's like, well, he's coming off an injuries or over 30. You know, I just kind of go back and forth on him.
3: No, me too. I, I agree. I, and that's the good thing about doing multiple drafts. You diversify. You have a little bit of everybody everywhere.
2: All right, when we return, we'll talk about those Chargers running backs, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson. Where are they going now? Are they values? We'll talk about it next. Full time fantasy here on the
0: Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Back here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Tabs. We were here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And talked a little bit earlier about Melvin Gordon. And, you know, Austin Eckler's ADP right now is 85. You know, he had some standalone value last year, even when Melvin Gordon played. He was actually, I'm in a 14-team league, my home league. And I pretty much, you know, went wide receiver heavy after getting a running back early. So Eckler was like my RB2 every week and a PPR. And it actually worked out pretty well. Uh, is 85 a good spot to take out right now?
3: I think it's a great spot. You know, Everybody's overreacting and wanting to jump, jump on Justin Jackson. And I get that, but there, there's a big difference here in the two players. Is, is that Eckler's going to have a role no matter what happens to Gordon. If Gordon plays, Eckler has a role. If Gordon sits out, Eckler has a role. Justin Jackson only gets that role if Gordon sits out and misses any time. So, you know, everybody's jumping on the Justin Jackson bandwagon. And, of course, the coach comes out this week and says, oh, yeah, we love Justin Jackson. We think he's ready to take on a big load. And You know, what's he supposed to say when he's trying to get his main running back to come into camp? Oh, the guy that's playing behind him, sucks. We don't want him to play at all. Uh, so, you know, everybody's jumping on that. And, and Justin Jackson, I think, over the next week or two, the longer Gordon does hold out, will start inching up drafts a lot. Uh, meanwhile, it, you know, Eckler is the smart play because he's going to have a role either way.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Jackson, and I agree with you. The longer that discord and holdout extends, you're going to see him go up. I mean, his range over the last few drafts is 98 to 214. The 214 is clearly an outlier, but the last few, we've you, seen 129, 150, 146, 137, 135. I don't know what happened where he went 98. I guess someone just popped open news, maybe he saw that blurb and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take him here. But, I mean, for where he's going right now, you know, we talked about it during the fishbowl because Doc and I were both, like, on the clock in that range, and we said the Jackson pick could either be a home run or he could do nothing the whole year, depending on Gordon.
3: And that's right. I mean, it simply is. It could be a home run. And the good thing is, at least right now, you don't have to pay, you know, out of the nose to get him, although that is going to start to shift. And that's, you know, another reason why those printed lists you were talking about earlier don't always work. Because things change.
2: Right. And I but I think you've made a point, a good point. Eckler has a role regardless. It, it will increase if Melvin Gordon's not there. And even if Gordon's there, we saw it last year, he will have a role. Lots more ahead. The first hour flew by. We have one more hour to go. When we return, what's going on with the Dolphins running back situation? Is Kenyon Drake the guy or not? We'll talk about it next full-time fantasy.